0: There's no such thing as you having to either be a saint or a whore, you know, a lady or a woman. You know what I mean? There we are opening and we're being, we're acknowledging the fact that we are complex beings who want a little bit of everything, but mainly we want choice.
1: You ready to go? Let's go. (laughs) The Living List is about going outside of the box.
0: It's a movement. It's a hashtag. It's us and you executing all those things we always said we wanted to do. Ariel Dante And I am Brittany Sierra, and this is The Living List. I am happy to report that I completed my I'm Down challenge this week.
1: Hey, let the church say amen.
0: Yes, (laughs) I'm gonna do a little shimmy. I went to a pole dance class this week and it really like reignited my sexy.
1: Yes, I love it for you, honey. I thought there was a little something extra, a little extra girl, a little extra boobage, a little extra something that was pulling from you. And this is what was pulling.
0: That's what it was. As we say, if you have an I'm down challenge jar, which is where you take all of the things that you want to try, you're interested in, you don't need to be amazing at them, but you just want the experience, write them down, fold it up, put it in the jar, and then pull something out every week so that you know each week you did something just for you, not related to a person or a job. And thank God I got this this week because I was burnt out this week, Ariel. No, you were burnt out, girls. You were, last time we talked
1: this week, you were like not sleeping, you hadn't slept in days. So I'm glad that you got your rush, you were well rested and you were able to come out twerking and spinning, I hope. Tell us about some of the moves you did.
0: Okay. So I don't know if anyone listening is a stripper or has gone to a pole dance class, but if you've done either, you know that this is a real athletic event. Yes, this this is not, you know, a hip thrust and a hair twirl and a hip dip, right? Because I can do those quite easily without even thinking about it. This is abs and quad muscles, and working your glutes, and upper body strength, which I do not have, okay? And I am happy to report that by the end of the class, while I will not be an Olympic-level pole dancer, I definitely could do a little spin, okay? I could do a spin. I could lift my body up on the pole. There are some basic pole dancing steps that I could do, and when it comes to just like working the pole and not spinning, definitely ace it. it was just what I needed this week. I, again, I, I was experiencing burnout and I wasn't really recognizing it. I wasn't setting boundaries with, you know, work and life balance. And it's funny because no matter how much progress you make, you always need to do a check in, right? And I've gotten so good at that. But I think. That as your life transitions and you're exploring a new part of life or a new part of your career, whatever that is, sometimes it's so good to, like, do a temperature check. Am I honoring the things that I say are important to me? Am I being intentional with my time and my actions? And it was just so good that the list gave me this because it helped me to refocus. You know, it, I work from home. So actually, I feel like I the last twelve months have really started to create the life that I want specifically, and it's my goal to be super intentional. And I kind of lost it a little bit with with the abundance of new exciting projects at work and new roles and new opportunities. And it's cool because Cinnamon, that's S I N, Amen. Um, she came out to play this week.
1: Cinnamon, yes. yes. Listen, Britney came on here giving us a little bit of a preview of Cinnamon because for theater of the mind purposes, Brittany has this like burnt orange top on, low zip, high bun, snatched to the gods. And she's giving glow. So when she came on, like I was like, Brittany, you look so good. And I didn't know her name was Cinnamon. Now that I know, mm-hmm. Cinnamon is here. Cinnamon and she's is like, here. Yeah, she has arrived. <laughs> out in these streets, twerking with
0: intention. And I twerking with intention.
1: Listen, whatever you need to do, you can do with intention. It does not have to be anything, you know, Susie homemaker s to work with intention. Yes. Make right
0: cheek, left cheek, right cheek. Also, what I learned is that women in particular hold a lot of stress, tension, and trauma in their hips, right? Mm-hmm. So if there are times where you're feeling like super tight- or, you know, you have a lot going on, you may not even realize it, but like your hips are also tightening. So Mm -hmm. it really was like this physical and like mental journey of freedom with one 60 minute pole dancing class. Like I could literally feel the tension leaving my body. I was laughing. When I tell you I slept so well that night and I've been sleeping well every night since. So that's three or four nights of really good sleep when I hadn't slept for like honestly two weeks. You know what I mean? I hadn't gotten yeah. that good sleep. So absolutely do a pole dance class. The freedom that I felt afterwards was just what I needed. And also my body got a workout. I lost like two pounds this week. And that definitely can only be from pole dancing.
1: I, I, I agree, 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 agree with everything we say, say about pole dancing. Last season, I had to do pole dancing and I absolutely, first of all, you can't fake pole dancing. Nope. Like it's like you got it, you don't. If you can't spin, you not spinning and you look crazy. So it's also one of those things that I hope you go back to um, because you can like, you, you build a skill and like now you're feeling more and more confident. And once you get it, you're like golden. Definitely didn't get it, but would love to go back. Um, So my I'm down challenge for last week was to ask a man on a date. Um, Mm -hmm. And just to give you guys uh, the scene of why I put this on my living list. I think that a lot of times as women, we're approached by men. And sometimes men we don't want. And I'm like, I don't think there's anything wrong if you want something to speak on it. So every now and then, um, you know, select times, maybe under 10 times in my life, I'll, I'll see a man, I'll see a specimen that I'm interested in, and I'll speak to them, you know what I mean? Because I feel like, why not? Sometimes, you know, men, men are intimidated, or men have whatever they have going on in their head, or, you know, they don't know if you're interested or not, or if you're with a whole bunch of girlfriends, they're like, oh, she's, you know, she's busy, she's occupied, or is she married, whatever. So we can cut all that out by just, like, approaching so um this week I, I asked out a guy that I'm dating right now and uh I told him I was like I'm like I'm really gonna make this datey like it's not gonna be just like I'm going out and I'm gonna pay it's gonna be like I'm gonna take you on a date like part of me was like should I pick him up <laughs> but then I was like that's too much. That's not the date I want to take more <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I did I was like I was like I asked him his availability okay so I was like available um we're going next week. So I was like, when are you available between the 28th and the 30th? He was like, well, how much time do you need? I was like, I was like, I need a full day. I was like, it's going to be a day. He's like, what are we doing? I was like, don't worry about it. I said, I'm taking you out on a date. And I was like, all you need to know is show up in sneakers, no heels. Cause you know how like women were like asking like, what do I do? What do I do? Should I wear heels? I need to be comfortable. Uh So I'm like comfortable and you know, don't worry about anything. I'm like, I'm taking you out. He's like, huh? He's like <laughs> getting all shy. Like, ah, you're taking me out? <laughs> like he probably felt, no, but um, it was cute. And I think, I think it is nice, you know, whether like it's someone, I, I would, now would I traditionally do this with a man, the first time I'm going out with him being like, I'm taking you on a date. No, I don't think so. I, I'm very traditional in that way. I feel like you should take me out. But in this case, we, you know, we've gone on a couple of dates and I'm like, I wanted to anyway, at some point, like take him on a date. Um, so this was like perfect timing because it's around that time where it's like, okay, I could pull out my wallet now, uh-huh. <laughs> like at least
0: once. <laughs> right. So,
1: so I'm gonna take him um, on an activity. So I'm gonna do the gun range. So I, wait, before I told him I was gonna take him on a date, I was like, have you ever been taken out? And he was like, I mean, not really. Like I don't, I don't. You know, I'm a man, so people don't take me out. And I was like, well, if you were to get taken out, what types of things would you like to do? Like, what type, what's a good date for you? So he said I picks, he said the gun range, and then he was like, and like dinner. And I was like, he's like one of those things like I would like, and I'm like, okay. So I think gun range and dinner is gonna be cute. So um, we'll get a little action in. Um, and if we could fit in IPICS, I gotta like look at the schedules. If we could fit in um like with the timing of everything, we could do all three. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I feel like it would be fun, and kind of to your point of sometimes you have to do like fun things. So I was like, I, I told him this morning, I was like. I want to be, I want, I need to do something like childish or something. Like I was like, have you gone to the water park? I'm um, Like, cause I'm like, do I want to switch this to the water park? He didn't sound really excited about the water park. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cause that would be for me, but I think I need to do something like childlike, like something like super like fun. Um, cause you get a little bit of that, like open spirit back. Cause sometimes working hard and being corporate girls like we are, you can get very regimented and
0: very like tight, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And also, I think too, like if anyone, and I encourage anyone listening to do this, to go back and listen to our first three episodes. The whole purpose of Ariel and I deciding to bark on this journey together is because we wanted to be more intentional with the balance that we brought to our lives. We wanted to stop thinking about things that we wanted to do and we wanted to execute them. We wanted to stop making these perpetual never-ending to-do lists and actually live the list as I say, right? Like. Yeah, okay, we could jot things down on a sheet of paper for years, and I have. I've, I've transferred this to notes, <laughs> to my MacBook. You know, I got a list anywhere there's a screen. But to actually live them and check them off, I am so glad that we incorporated these I'm Down challenges because what it does is, even if you don't have the time to check off something big off your list, you have the time to check off something that you can do in seven days. And I also like this whole, you ask your man out on the date. I do feel like you cheated a little bit. Did Did I cheat? cheat? I mean, no, you did not cheat. You filled out, like you checked off the box. Absolutely. You did a really good job, loved it. But it would be interesting. And in fact, I think I might add this to my list now to embody like the spirit of the ask, which is, you know, to step out of your comfort zone and ask like, a man that you you don't know what their answer is going to be I think that's no, I have to stop you right there. Brittany is
1: such a liar because I literally asked her, literally, and I hope this is recorded so I can pull the tapes. I literally asked her. I was like, "Do I?" I was like, "Can I ask like the dude I'm dating, or do I have to ask him the new?" I said you and could. She literally said to me, yes. that I'm like, But then now I'm a cheater and a liar and a but whore. No, and now we're on the line. I'm a and whore. Did I call her a liar
0: or a whore, <laughs> but. <laughs> I did, I did say she cheated, but I corrected myself. And I said, well, no, she didn't really cheat. I was like, but it would be interesting for you to ask somebody. But at this point, there's no need for her to ask anyone else. Then that's why I said, yes, you could absolutely ask the guy that you're dating. Because you haven't taken him on a date. You're still living out the living list. Um, but it would be interesting, maybe one day over the summer, if you and this man aren't engaged, to go and ask a stranger, like both of us. It would be so much fun.
1: I'll get a pass, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, a whole pass no, for the I'll, list. Listen, well we have uh, we gotta do our scavenger hunt. Brittany's coming up here next week. I was gonna talk to you about this, but we can talk about it now. Um, maybe we could do that. I don't know. If it's I'm not down. too cool. I'm there. Okay. We'll do it. We'll we'll put on our parkas, we'll put on our thermals, and we'll do it.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited to come up to New York. You and I can have a sex in the city type of week. Oh, yes. Very sexy. Very (laughs) (laughs) sexy. We could do the scavenger hunt. We could be two single 30-somethings in New York City, which actually is not as uncommon as it was 20 years ago.
1: Oh yes, it's everywhere. I mean like we are so single in our 30s. <laughs> so it's single. Like, almost <laughs> like who has a boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> who has a girlfriend? Who has a boyfriend? That's the better question because we are so single. And um, while, you know, the Bible says that singleness is a blessing. And I do think that, I do think so. Obviously, like, you know, you want to get with somebody and find the right person. But I do think there is a little bit of blessing in like being able to spend more time discovering who you are. So I'm not mad at it, honestly, because we get to have sex in the city moments and do things like the living list. Like if I had a man in my background, like he's going to be like, get off that living list thing,
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I feel like we would make sure that we found men that fit into our lives and I also think that's why we're single right? right I think that you know I think about my grandparents who absolutely adored each other but also they kind of like walk to the beat of their own drum too where they you know, they did get married. They weren't super young when they got married, actually, for the times. They were in their 20s, uh, maybe mid 20s, but they did have a lot of kids. Like, they, I think my grandmother, my mom's mom, and my mom's dad had maybe six kids, but like four kids that actually like wind up living to like grown age. Um, and my father's parents had six kids. So, you know, they did the big family get married. Um, the my grandfather, my mom's father, was in the Air Force. I'm sorry, he was a Marine. You know, my m- mom's mom was a nurse, and then she uh, did a career switch, which was, was unheard of in that time. And she went to telecommunications, right? Um, which I think is also probably where, like, I get my my like for like the digital area and technology a little bit. Um, And again, that wasn't normal either. So I'm lucky where my parents weren't also like, hey, you need to hurry up and get married. But I will say, I think they regret it now because they're definitely knocking down on my door for grandkids. Times have changed.
1: I, I remember my uncle Alboy, he's not with us anymore, but my uncle Alboy, from the time I turned 18, every time he'd see me, the first question was, when are you getting married? You're getting old. At 18. He's like, you know, when are you getting married? Cause you know, you are getting older. So you have to get married. And I'd be like, and, and my aunt Maddie would be like, I oh, will we leave her alone. <laughs> and I would be like, this seems so wild. But I think that it's interesting how we're taught. So like our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, they got married, you know, young, right? My mom and dad got married at like 19 and 20.
0: Wow, And they've been
1: married for like 36 years. They, I mean, that was my mom's only, I think she only had two boyfriends. She had, she dated another guy and then she dated my dad and she went to prom with my dad. You know what I mean? So that's like, you literally, you're a child. If I think of who I would have married when I'm 19 versus like what I want now, I literally, I don't know what my life would be, but the difference with our parent generation is that they kind of like, figured it out. They figure it out and they stay whether they're happy whether they're not or they might have moments of happiness and moments of sadness um or whatever, but for the most part they stay a little bit more. Our generation is kind of like not going to stay if they're not happy, which I'm not mad at, honestly. Yeah. So um, I, I think that it's very interesting to see you know I was doing some research when we were talking about this episode and they say the average age in 1940 of someone getting married was like 20 and um, 20 and 22 right and then now the average age of someone getting married is 31 and 30 and then that changes based on your race yeah. so you know white people traditionally get married a little bit younger than An African-American person would Um, or you know Pacific Islanders were like a little bit younger versus you know so it's just like all these factors Um, but I think it's you know it's good in a way because we're allowing ourselves to breathe and grow up a little bit more but for women it's like interesting because like we literally have biological clocks that say hey you should find a partner between this and this time or else kids might not happen so that's what makes it so interesting for our generation
0: I agree, but you know what comes with these conversations about societal norms and a perfect example, women, right? And when we get married and when we start families, we can also, because now we're having these discussions, make the concessions to still be able to live the lives that we wanna live. Like we froze our eggs in case maybe we do wanna have kids, right? Um, I was watching, well, it actually started with a tweet. And Vivica A. Fox was at some talk and someone from the audience asked her, "Did she regret not having kids? And she responded back. She wasn't upset. I I noticed that a couple of people in the audience were upset at her question, at the lady's question. And she was like, well, wait. She was like, you know, I am not upset. I do have God kids that I love. um, And, you know, I just did not, find the man that I wanted to have kids with. But later on, she came on the reel. And when she came on the reel, she got emotional and she was able to explain her answer a little bit better. And I think that what I learned from that and what she kind of alluded to was that having conversations are so important. It's having your own guidance on what you want your life to look like I admire her for not just having a child to have a child, but okay. I could see a little bit how she wished that that had played out differently. And now she's 50, maybe 50 plus, And she's like, I definitely don't want to be a mom now. Like I have my sixth grand, right. my sixth God kids, whatever. But I do think that she kind of wishes that she had set herself up to be able to have kids younger, right? But what that does is when we had these women having these conversations and being honest about it, and we had these women not afraid to ask women these questions who are older than us, who have lived life and have gone down a different path so that we can learn from them, we're all having honest conversations because we're giving honest answers you know um I think that lots of times when you ask a woman a question like do you regret not having kids they don't give you a full-out honest answer right and so I really admire Vivica um one thing else that I think is changing too of course this comes with kids but like you said the marriage age but not only the age but are people getting married the same way are people getting divorced the same way you know I remember someone that I knew got married kind of young and she wasn't ready, but her parents made her marry this man. And, you know, I just kept talking to my mom about it and I was like, why would they do that? You know what I mean? Like just to be married, she said she didn't want to do it. And my mom, she really, that's like when she kind of sat me down and she was like, listen, we are, we have been a little different with you in the sense of we're not rushing you. We want you to live life. We want you to experience life. But I think normally people do get married pretty young and they wind up being in marriages that they're not happy with because they weren't prepared to grow together. She said, so take your time figure out what you want, know you can always change your mind, and don't be afraid to live differently than other people.
1: Yeah, I think that that that's an important thing when raising a daughter or a son, you know, like these these boxes that we put ourselves in. They're not healthy right you know okay she I don't know if this person was pregnant if this is the reason why they made her get married or, but that happens a lot it's mm-hmm. like oh you got this person pregnant you need to marry them and it's like okay we have a baby why do we have to force ourselves into something that's that's not gonna make it healthy for the kid you know mm-hmm. it's like all right you' you have a kid and you're you're miserable that kid is not growing up in a healthy environment. And um, I'm glad that we're kind of getting away from fooling ourselves in that way. I mean, you know, I think it, it it's something like 30% of people are married now. I think it's like 36% versus like 50 something percent um, back in the day. And it's um, it's going down and it's like a little discouraging for people who do want to get married sometimes, right? Because it's like, it, is it like even like possible, right? Um, but I think that, you know, you just got to live your life in... And, and roll with it, I don't know. I'm personally not rushing into a marriage just to say I'm married, you know mm-hmm. um, but I think another thing that I um, that was interesting to me is like how we looked at women in general um, back in the day. you know like when you look at the flappers or you look at the women who were, you know the ideal woman, back in the day was like a Susie homemaker who stayed home. She was the perfect homemaker. She made the best cookies and pies. She went to the bake sales. She was that PTA mom. She was home with her kids and, and her job was to be a mother. And that was like the coveted woman, you know? That was what a lot of, you know, there there obviously were not, all women weren't like that, but that was the message, right? When we look at the women that we look up to and, and, and celebrate nowadays, we, the women who are like, um, who are transparent, the women who are more real, like a woman like Cardi B is like, you know, like celebrated, like Cardi B was this whole, like just herself, you know, she she was an ex stripper, trying to make it in the music industry. And she's a woman that's celebrated. That back in the day would have never happened, you know? Um, women embracing who they actually are, um, are celebrated a lot more than ever. We still do have those society societal things. Um, as I said earlier, I think we're in this transitional generation where we have to like deprogram some of the things that we did learn from our parents. Like I know last year, I talk about this all the time, but my theme was to disrupt and dismantle. And to really think about the things that in me were real and the things that I'm like literally being coaxed into being based on society. And how I looked at myself as a woman was one of those things, you know? It was just like, you know, I had to be like, do I even want kids? (laughs) Like, I really had to think about these things because I'm like, I'm not Susie Homemaker. I, yeah, I like to cook, but I also like to sleep in the bed and order stuff on Uber Eats for (laughs) you too. Like, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be, you know, every single day I'm slaying fresh baked biscuits and I work, (laughs) you know? Most women are not even able to stay at home because it's just not affordable. You can you imagine, you know, like what you have to make to be a stay-at-home mom in New York? Yeah. And the average income is not even over 100k. In yeah. New York City, 100k is considered still like poverty almost <laughs> because rent is still so expensive. You have people making 100k with roommates. And like they ha- you know like that's what is like affordable for them. So, uh yeah. It's very interesting with this little, I feel like we're in like a little globe, like, you know, those like little shaky globes. Snow globes, yeah. Snow globe. thank you. I feel like we're in a a snow globe and we're just shaking it up and seeing what falls out the sky every day. Like,
0: yeah. I think that, the biggest thing, um, that I'm seeing change from these norms, right. Is that society is changing. We're becoming more open. We're becoming more honest. You know, we are not sticking to extremes. You don't have to be this way or this way. There's no such thing as you having to either be a saint or a whore, you know, <laughs> a lady or a woman, you know what I mean? There. are we are opening and we're being we're acknowledging the fact that we are complex beings who want a little bit of everything but mainly we want choice so the fact that you know when society changes and we get louder and we are we're louder and more honest about who we are then we start to see law changes we start to see norms change cultural norms change you know there're stories of places in the world where women being able to have a choice, including America, right? Those places, the laws are changing now to include women in these laws, including America. Okay. Um, I want to make sure that when we talk about, you know, these journeys that communities are going on across the world, that we're not looking through rose colored glasses. And if you're in America, which most of our listeners are at our own homes, right? Like, we are still having discussions on women having the right to choose what they can do with their body in 2022, right? So I love the fact that people are speaking up. And I'm going to say this, and this might ruffle a couple of feathers, but I would love to be a stay-at-home wife, honestly. (laughs) Stay-at-home mom, me, okay? But you know what that also means? That also means that we need to create an equitable world where salaries reflect the cost of living, right? It also means that we need to have schools and systems in place that support moms being able to stay home and dads being able to come home at six to come help out with the kids. And for me to be able to go to Whole Foods, and that's been $200 on one person's food for the week. You know what I mean? Like, I know.
1: I spent $230 at Wegmans the other day. And I'm like, I am one
0: person. What if other people lived here? Exactly. You know, so um, I'm excited to see the shifts that have happened. And I love that you brought up Cardi B, because I will never forget when, I believe it was Vogue, when they had their party And Cardi B and another rapper got, Nicki Minaj got into a scuffle and people thought that was the end of Cardi B. Like she, that was the end. And you know what she did? She flourished ever since. And what I also like is that these tropes of you have to be a Michelle Obama or a Cardi B, like we're we're dismantling them. We're like, absolutely not. I'm actually a Brittany and I'm actually a little bit of all of them and a whole lot of other women you don't even know about, right? So I'm, I'm very happy, as are you, to see those shifts change, um, even professionally. The fact that in the 90s, entrepreneurship was this crazy thing that a couple of people did and now people are really leaving corporate America. You know, we talk about in 2021 and 2020, but specifically I think 2021, how we had this great resignation where people aren't really just caring about the job company or the job title or even the salary. They want to live, we want to live full, happy, intentional lives. So now we see like this portfolio career where people are taking multiple different jobs that satisfy different parts of them. And I'm I'm super excited to see how that changes in 10 years, 20 years, especially with us working from home now.
1: Yeah, I feel like a great resignation. Um, I, you know, some experts are saying that it might end because employee employers are kind of getting smarter and they're offering more. Um, I'm hopeful that it won't, you know, I think that it's been a long time that jobs have treated employees like the numbers, like a number, right? You know, if if something happens to your family today or tomorrow, job may not support you, may not even hold your job for a month. And then now they've replaced you and 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 you put your life into this work and they replaced you and laid you off at the drop of a dime. I feel like I love that society is being like, no, we are the people who actually keep this afloat. Your name might be on the building, but we're the people who keep this building running. Mm -hmm. And without us, there won't be anything. So you need to respect us and you need to pay us. They say that if you didn't get a, what was it, an 8% raise this year, that you're making significantly less. And it's true. Inflation is going up and companies need to like get with it. You know, they they say that there's like... um, I want to say, let me look at it, like, three, oh, let me look at it. There are a significant number of jobs that they're looking to fill. Okay, so they said the U.S. struggles to add 3.6 million jobs so it can return to pre-pandemic employee employment level. So 3.6 million jobs they're going to be looking for that they're going to struggle to fill because people are like, I can be an entrepreneur. I can do battle by myself. (laughs) Like if I'm going to be stressed out and, you know, my hair is falling out, I'm gaining weight. I can't see my family. At least it might be for something that affects my bottom line a little bit more. Or I can choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. I can choose to make a little bit less, which I thank the pandemic for, because um, you know, pre-pandemic, Brittany and I, workaholics, could not get it together, could not leave the desk. If you ask, I, at times, I was—I think I was probably a little bit worse than Brittany at times, um, you know. Definitely. And yeah, and I think it—it it was. That's what I'm happy. One, you know, the cr- coronavirus was something that devastated the U.S., but I am so grateful not the US, but the world. But I'm so grateful for that silence, because it was like, wait, you're wild. <laughs> like, you're walling out, sis, you're not living your life, you're at a desk, and that's it. And I think that happened for a lot of people. And I think that's why the great resignation is just, I think, something good, because we want our money. We wanna be respected, and if you can't do it, we can look to the left or the right and find somebody who would. Um, So I hope it sticks, honestly, I really do.
0: Yeah, and I think like with any era, will it last forever? No, but when it doesn't last, it's gonna be because demands were met. You know, I resigned from my job in 2021, right? So to be a part of that, I understand. I saw on LinkedIn the other day where someone was like, you know, what do we think we can do to combat the great resignation? Well, the answer is to address the reasons why people are leaving your companies in droves. Is it a respect thing? Is it a work-life balance? Is it a clear vision that aligns with who your workers are as people too? You know what I mean? People give their blood, sweat and tears to companies because they really do enjoy their jobs, Or they really do enjoy being able to put food on the table for their families, right? Or maybe a combination of both. But I think that to your point, what we were able to see in 2021 and 2020 was, okay, let me take some time to assess my life because you don't live forever, number one, and then do I feel happy about what I'm doing? Do I feel appreciated? Do I feel like the energy that I'm putting into this job is giving me what I need in order to be a successful member of my family or my friend group or to society in general? And I think that when people saw that you could make more money doing the same things for a company that valued you more or on your own, then it was wait a minute. I actually had some time to think. I wasn't just consumed by doing the work and commuting to and from the job. And now I see that actually this isn't working for me. (laughs) And I can go somewhere else where it does work. And I, I am actually very happy that this happened because what I also think happens is that It will pave the way for the people behind us that come into these positions or join these companies. There's 3.6 million jobs unfilled. Do you know what that means? That means that there's 3.6 million jobs where the qualifications don't match the pay or the treatment doesn't match the pay or the safety at the workplace does not match the pay it's not that people don't want to work. They want to make sure that they're getting paid, that they're safe, that they're not putting themselves on the line and getting nothing in return. And I I am actually very happy for this because as you know, if you've listened to this, I am over the hustle culture. It is detrimental to society as far as I'm concerned. It is not healthy. And then you get these people that, work forever and never get to live yeah absolutely it's not right you know
1: yeah no it's definitely not right i've looked out the other day i was watching tv and, and and they were talking about all these big news stories about how walgreens can't find people to work in their pharmacies and how they have to now shorten the hours it's because you can't expect people to work 20 times as hard and not be compensated. I went from servicing 10 customers a day to now serving 25 customers a day and being yelled at when I take a two minute lunch break to to feed my body. You know, I I have, I need additional funds or I need to go. And I think that's so fair. And it's not like the companies aren't making more money. If you have more customers, you're making more money. So raise the prices, mm-hmm. I mean, raise the salary. And, and also I love that what you said is you're asking for jobs that you're asking for master degrees bachelor degrees how much does that cost you want to pay me twenty dollars an hour for a bachelor's degree you want to pay me thirty dollars an hour for a master's degree in what world would i ever be able to repay this money back um so i think that it's come to a head and it's very fair you know um i hope that biden at some point um, releases some of these student loans because the, the, it, I mean, I feel like some of the biggest criminals in the world are, um, you know, they say the biggest bullies wear suits, right? And I believe that. The fact that institutions can charge us that much money to go to school and then the job market does not align with it, why, how? And you, you get all this money from the state all these grants and things like that, but then we still have to pay these wild premiums. So. I'm excited about it. Um, I think that we can benefit and we you know we have to take advantage of it as you know the people the the talent. We have to I think now is the time. If you're if you're looking to move, now is the time to at least look out there and see if you're being be, being paid market value. So
0: yeah, or you may find that with this downtime there's something else that you want to do. Maybe it's time for a pivot. There's been so many stories of teachers, poor teachers
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Quitting their jobs. And as much as they love their kids, they're so much more happy. They're so much happier. Right. They're they're saying that their hair is growing back, <laughs> that they're able to sleep, that they don't have to wear, work a part time job now to be able to pay their rent and their mortgage. All because they stopped teaching, because, again, we're not giving. Professionals the resources to be able to complete their jobs in a way that is beneficial to the people that they're supposed to serve and their households. You know what I mean? And we need teachers. So this is actually horrible, but I'm happy for these teachers because they also deserve to live really good lives.
1: And be paid. These are it's so funny. Um, when I I think I was in first grade, we had to write a paper. And I, I can't remember what the prompt was, but all I remember was writing that teachers needed to be paid more. I don't know how I knew teachers didn't get paid enough, but I, I wrote that I was like, teachers need to be paid more. They educate, you know, football players, basketball players, all these other people get paid so much money. Doctors, you know, but like the people who educate our society are probably the most important people. So these people need to be taken care of and well paid. Um, So I remember my teacher coming to me and she's like, Ariel, I really enjoyed your paper. Thank you for saying that. And I didn't really know. Like, I honestly don't know. I was a little, (laughs) I don't know where I got it from in my little six year old mind, but like if a six year old can be like, hey, this is what I want to write my paper on, because I see my teacher, you know, buying supplies for us and i could i know that this is coming out of her money because every classroom doesn't have the little star erasers so Mm -hmm. somebody right and i used to love the little extra things that the teachers would buy for their students or the decor in the room and things like that and it's like these people should be able to they have the weight of 30 lives if they're lucky 30 the weight of 30 lives in their classroom um and they'll have multiple classrooms a day so it's 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 very um it's very interesting how we decided to pay people out how we decided who's important and who's not
0: and i like this is another norm that is also changing where we're starting to hold our elected officials more accountable we're starting to hold governing bodies, whether they're school governing bodies, whether they're boards or corporations, responsible for the things that they claim are their missions. If you're a teacher, then you come and your board is telling you, They care about students and teachers and safety. And teachers are like, especially now, do you? Because you're not giving us the resources to teach beforehand. But now you have us in the class where every two days someone tests positive for COVID, right? Um, And all you do is tell us to wear masks and we don't have ventilation. I saw where someone had a window open In the dead of winter, I don't know about where it is, where you all are located, but it feels like nine degrees here in DC. I am not exaggerating. That's what it feels like. The temperature is still below freezing, but it feels even colder with wind. And these kids are like bundled up in blankets and coats and hoodies. And the teachers, the amazing dedicated teachers are still teaching. When I tell you, I don't know too many people who do that on their day-to-day job and come back to do it again. (laughs) Other than teachers and professionals of that nature, like it's crazy. I I couldn't imagine. Our kids shouldn't have to imagine and the teachers shouldn't. But what I also see is, again, people adding their school boards, adding their mayors, adding their governors and saying, we need a change. That's one of the biggest things that I think was done in generations before us that we're starting to carry on. You know what I mean? Like we, we're not the first generation to demand change. In fact, I feel like we're probably not even the strongest generation to demand change. Yeah. But what I like is that we still are demanding it. And I think that that also resurfaced during this time of, you know, competing pandemics right whether it's economic or racial or health wise and i i'm happy to see here we are every day really just trying to combat what were considered societal norms and really just changing them
1: yeah um the elected official thing is very interesting because we know that um we had a very tumultuous presidency going on we you know DT, Donald Trump, and you know, I I think the country's mission was to get the psychopath out, right? And with that, it was the selection of some, for some people who, it wasn't the first choice, but it was like, okay, we can't let DT come back. So we're gonna, we're gonna have to bring somebody else in. And, you know, we see all the memes on social media, like where, what has Joe done? What has Camilla done? Which, you know, I'm not going to get into because honestly, I, I I needed a break from politics and I can't follow it right now. So I don't know enough detail. <laughs> but what I think is going to be it- interesting in this next election is how is, you know, because a lot of people are, are like, we're not voting for Joe again. You know, like, what has he done? He hasn't done anything he said. And, you know, from my perspective, most presidents don't do what they say, right? Um, so it's not like, wild (laughs) but um i think that we are getting tired of it we're getting tired of people saying that they're gonna do things for us because you know i think one thing that's amazing about our generation is we're you know as a whole a lot more educated like you know we we had the the privilege of being able to go to school and things like that um at more people than you know maybe in past generations so um yeah it's gonna be interesting uh this election um, and where and where we go but we gotta we they, we have to hold them accountable because at this point we can't continue to like let these people lie to our faces and, and continue to get our votes and continue to be say that they are for the people
0: when they're not yeah and I was one of those people that I was not excited about the Biden-Harris ticket mm-hmm. and I voted to get Donald Trump out right so I think that it'll be interesting to see how this next election goes. And I also want to say, and I know I say this all the time, but before we have, you know, the next presidential election, we have midterms, we have local, you know, elections, and those are so important for the way that we live our day-to-day lives, you know what I mean? And they also help with getting those bills passed that we want and not having crazy, Amendums that are like, oh, you get this thing, but we're also going to put in here this horrible thing that you don't want if you, just to right. get it passed, right? Um, it's interesting because I think the thing that also is happening I don't know if you saw this, I don't have student loans, but I get super excited every time I see a student loan canceled or anytime I see. A petition we're like hey let's let's cancel these student loans or we see people holding i think the thing with joe biden is that he ran on a premise that covid and student debt student loans were something that he was going to tackle differently and i i am happy actually to see people say you're not doing what you said you were going to do. Regardless if the status quo is that politician lie, hold them accountable because you voted for them for that. You're their constituent. You have every right to be like, yeah, no, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And I saw where Navient, which is a big holder of student loans, was forced legally to cancel so many loans. And I actually know, know of people who like, I went to high school and college with who got their loans closed. And I'm just like, again, being able to speak up and not take things lying down is definitely a societal and cultural norm that I am on board 100%. And we're lucky because I do feel like that's the status quo now. You know, people expect you to speak up now. So I'm excited about that. Are there any, I guess, norms that you deviated away from that you feel like aren't normal?
1: Um, I think the, I don't know if it's not normal, right? I think the societal norm of me I do think so. Okay, so as a woman, I do think there's there are a lot of societal norms that I've gravitated away from, Um, not necessarily prioritizing my life around you know a partner, rather prioritizing my life around what I want to do and and where that ends up you know a partner is you know something that is important to me when it comes around but it's not like the top thing in my life it's like okay I'm enjoying my life I'm living my life you know there's so many things to explore and see and I plan on doing that until you know the right person comes along so I feel like um also us freezing our eggs that's you know not something that 100% 100% of women do. I'm sure the statistics I don't have in front of me but are very low on the percentage of women for whatever reason who freeze their eggs. Do they even know like how the process is? Is it accessible to them? It's not a cheap procedure if you don't have sh- coverage um, insurance that covers it. So, you know, it could be like $22,000. A lot of people don't have an extra $22,000 hanging around or have jobs that are dedicated to covering that um, which, you know, I think is a problem. Um, I think as a woman also, you know, being able to br- embrace myself, I can be monolithic. Like I don't have to be this one trick pony. I don't have to fit into every bucket that defines a woman. I can be a boss chick and be feminine at the same time. And I'm okay with that. And if you can't see or register that, if your palette can't register all these flavors that you're getting, that's not a me thing. That's a you thing. So I feel like, um, that's the way I feel like
0: I've challenged societal norms. Um, How about about you? I don't think that I've necessarily challenged societal norms, but I do think that there are some things that I have just adapted as a part of my way of life that I sometimes, I'm, I'm like, hmm, is this really the way it's supposed to be? I feel like society sometimes is like, Uh, it's showing me something different. Um, One thing that I feel that way about, and it actually is kind of a good segue because we were talking about student loans, is college. I believe that college and university higher education is very beneficial. I think it is very helpful. I also think it is a $100,000 investment that you're asking an 18-year-old to make Without them knowing what they want to do, or perhaps knowing what they want to do, and then they get there and you don't necessarily show them the way to do it, you just give them a round of courses, right? And it does seem a little cyclical, hamster on a wheel to me to have someone go to school for four years to then have to work the rest of their lives to pay off going to school for those four years, right? So what I have kind of, I think about this all the time. If I have kids, am I going to tell them to go to college? Because of course my parents told their kids, you know, you you go to high school, you go to college, it's 13th grade, right? Like it it wasn't necessarily a choice. It didn't seem like, but um, I would absolutely let my children know about trades and entrepreneurship in the same way that I will let them know about college and I think prepare them with the knowledge and experiences so that they can decide what's best for them, right? Like if you're going to be a nurse, you got to go to college, right? If you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, for the most part, you got to go to college to be a lawyer, right? Um, If you know that you really enjoy doing hair and that's your thing, then we can invest half of that in cosmetology school, getting your licenses and getting you an actual hair salon, right, (laughs) where you would start making money so much quicker than you ever would going to get your liberal arts degree that you can use to fall back on, but you might also have to pay, right? So that's definitely one of the things that I am reconsidering how I approach them to within myself and with like my godkids or my future kids. Right. And I think that's a conversation that I would want to have with hopefully my husband, but the partner, whoever I decide to have kids with, right. Where I hope we're kind of aligned on that. That's definitely a conversation we would have to have um, something else. And this has really been bothering me. I have been talking about it with my friends is home ownership. Super important to me. And again, at my age, my parents had a home. For, that they owned and four years after that they had several homes right that they owned. And I feel like I'm not caught up to them in that way. Part of that is New York, right? In New York, like home ownership is not a norm, honestly. People live in apartments, you know, not even like condos. like owning owning property is not a norm. and it's also very hard to do. When I was in New York, I paid two thousand dollars for a 475 square foot studio. And that's more than my parents' mortgage, right? On any of their properties. So then when I came home from New York during COVID, technically I still lived in New York till February of this year, but I wasn't there. I was just paying. Um, I started thinking about what I wanted my future to look like. And automatically I was like, you know, I need a house. All my friends, for the most part, own a home. And, you know, I've had more time to sit and think. And I'm like, I have a home that I live in by myself, rent and mortgage-free. And I am lucky because my parents worked to make that a possibility, right? But also, do I want to use this next year to buy a home that I live in or a home that I make money off of, an investment property? So I think it's funny the way because of opportunities, because of the way we look at money, because of the way we look at finance and also the way we look at families and that family timeline. Like this is a new thing that I'm considering, like actually living in this condo and buying an investment property instead of buying, you know, a house with a backyard that I pictured myself living in before I ever moved to New York. You know, I think that's something that's also changed for me.
1: Yeah, I think um, when you talk about the home ownership thing, it's it's not easy for people in New York to buy to purchase property. I remember I was so surprised when I first started looking for apartments in New York. I ended up settling in Jersey. But um, when I was looking for apartments in New York, I was about to settle on this like tiny, tiny place with no windows and you know it was like $2200 a month and i was like i guess this is it this is what this is how new yorkers live and i remember i remember i needed like maybe $10,000 to move in and i'm like this is really wild that you need $10,000 to move into an apartment you don't even need that much sometimes to buy a home so yeah it's it, that that it's wild but it's it's i love that you're like hey the situations around me are changing am i doing it just to keep up and just to say i did it or like does this actually make sense for me mm-hmm. um, i went through something similar i was about to move this summer and i was like i'm looking for apartments i was looking for i had like two strong weeks where i was looking for apartments and i'm in a pretty good situation like I, my rent is not that crazy. And I feel like I'm able to save money if, if I do the right things. If I decide not to travel as much, I can save a lot of money, you know? So do I get this apartment for $2,400 a month? Or do I stay in this apartment, which is like literally significantly cheaper, Um, and wait and save for investment properties or things like that? So I think that um, the point I'm hearing from this conversation is us tailoring our lives to what actually fits us instead of just like copying and pasting. Um, also, ooh, sorry, guys, got something in my eye. That hurt. <laughs> oh, is it the mouse, is the mouse back Did he spit at me. Oh my God. That was like a sharp, like super sharp. Anyway. So yeah. So um, I think it's it's important to question things, you know, like what I, one of our favorite episodes is that we did on the living list was. Um, are you living your life by autopilot or design? And before we kind of came up with that episode, I never really thought about it. You know, I never thought about like me not doing the things that lead to the life I actually want to live Are me living a life on autopilot. I'm just going to be continue to be a hamster in the wheel And I'm never going to get to where I actually want to go. I will just end up wherever life takes me. And if you think about it like that, that's not how you want to live your life. You want to tailor and design and think about the things that you want to do so that you can be happy. You know, that's why people end up with regrets because they don't take their life by, you know, they don't take it by the reins and be like, okay, we're going in the wrong direction. This is what we need to do. So I'm excited. I'm excited about your investment property. Um, I heard that the interest rates are gonna gonna skyrocket in April, supposedly. So hopefully, I'm looking into now, like trying to research heavy uh, before that, but April's really soon though, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I think, and I think this is a, actually a really good place to take the conversation now and kind of, you know, end it a little bit and just explore that is at the end of the day, there's so much we can't control. Right. Like we we can't control when the interest rates are going to skyrocket and the news is going to be written by whoever wants to get the certain message out. Right. But I think that as long as you have a plan, you'll be OK. And, you know, trust yourself to be able to adjust, plan for it, make room for it what I am working on and I'd be curious to see if there's anything that like you do that helps in particular is reminding myself that I'm staying in my name, my lane, right? Like this lane is for Brittany. I'm not really too concerned with what the person next to me is doing. As my friend of mom says, I'm keeping my eyes on my own paper, right? And I think that, Lots of times that's easy for me to do, but I do think that sometimes I get in these funks, honestly, where I'm like, am I doing life right? Like I am so hard on myself in real life and I'm like, am I doing life right? Should I be doing something different? Maybe I should just go get married and have a kid. Like some, I can't tell you that this thought has not entered my head because i thought about it at least three times. Like I, maybe I should just go ahead, get married and have a kid and I'll have the kid, I'll have the husband and that's just not who I am. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes that, you know, I deserve to live the life that I want to live and it's okay if everyone else is doing something different. I think that I also have like a group of friends that while very similar, we all live different lives and I have different friend groups and the way that i know that we're all ultimately happy in the end is that even with our very different lives we are able to all come together and live those lives together right so while i'm not married i have a friend grace who is married i love her husband i call him my husband trevor and we're able to coexist very freely and very easily because we really are running our own races. You know, it's not like she can't hang out with me because she's married or, you know, I can't hang out with my friend, Lauren or Janelle, because they have kids. Like, we do it all the time because we're each living the life we want to live. Do you have any tips or do you ever have moments where you're like, hmm, I'm kind of losing focus. I'm thinking about what this person just posted on social media and then i'm like hmm should i be doing this or am i okay with where my life is now
1: you know um i would say for the most part i've always been kind of looking on my own paper Mm -hmm. um whether i realized it or not like i i never was a person like to compare myself to someone Mm -hmm. i always kind of took this the mindset of like that's that person's blessing like even if like i've been working hard and i should have got this like for the most part i think i can be like that's that person's blessing. I'm I'm very blessed. I think I have a lot of blessings for me, and and I and I'm not like I I am not nervous that the blessings will stop or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm very faithful in that way, um. But I do think that there was a a, a small point in my life where I kind of was um on that grind mentality and not checking in with myself. So I think the biggest, not checking in with myself and not evaluating like what I actually wanted, just kind of going with the, going with the flow. Um, and at a point where I realized I was just going with the flow, my life was not going to end up where I wanted it. If I didn't put the brakes on, um, that's kind of when I I was like, I kind of feel better about it now. So, At the point where I kind of, I feel like I, I, in the pandemic really, everything for for me happened to the pandemic. It's like before corona, after corona, right? Um, And during the pandemic, I kind of was like, okay, I do want a family. I do want kids one day. How do I get there? Yeah. And then I had like a moment where like, I just wasn't okay. Like I was like, oh, I was breaking down. I was like, I don't know what's wrong. It was like the weirdest time because for the most part I'm like, always super like cheerful and everything like that. But I was just like, whoa. I think if you go through life and you're not checking in with yourself, you're, you're going through emotions that you're not even allowing to bubble to the top. So, um, so yeah, so once I was able to kind of like solidify what I actually wanted, um, I'm able to enjoy the journey a little bit more, you know, um, I'm at peace because I know, I know what my goals are. I know, I know what my trajectory is. I know where I want to go. So now I can be like, okay, you know, it's, I, I think it's going to happen for me, you know. I think that I've, I'm faithful that God's plan for me is going to work out. So um, I would my tips would be to just learn, one, what you want. And if you don't know what you want, explore things till you figure it out. I think allowing yourself to explore is the best thing you can do. I always say that um, I respect a person who says, I don't know way more than I can respect a person that says, I know this, I know that all the time. The people who always know everything, I question them every single time. And yes, some people can be experts in certain fields, but you're not the all-knowing. <laughs> like, you're not going to know everything. So people are so sure. Um, sometimes I'm like, mm, are you really that sure? Or are you just lying to yourself and convincing yourself? So I would say the first thing, if you don't know, say out loud, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do for a living. I don't know if I want kids, I don't know, then maybe, you know, hang out with some kids for a week and see if you like them. Brittany did that. She was a parent for a week. Um, and you know, there's tons of things. I think exploring is so important. Um, earlier you were talking about with your children and how you want to tell them to explore, like, are they going to be an entrepreneur? Are they going to go to college? What are the things they want to do with their lives? Because there's no one size fits all for anybody. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I just think exploring and just being open if you don't know to finding the answer. If you're open and honest, I feel like the universe will um, deliver that to you. And the best way to explore is you can know you can do your living list, so.
0: Yeah, I think that discovery is the thing that helps you figure out who you are so that you don't have to compare your journey to someone else's. I think that having, again, parents that were so open with like this discovery. They had me touching a little bit of everything. They let me know that there were options, even though they weren't given those same options growing up, right? It made it so that I was never in a competition with anyone else. I really was trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? I did this. Can I be better at it? Or do I want to do something else? And I think that when you are approaching life in discovery mode, versus competition mode. It's a much better journey. Like I have had friends that have had to deactivate social media, right? And because I don't engage with social media in that way other than like entertainment, I don't feel the weight of social media being something that makes me feel less than or unworthy, right? However, I can see if you haven't defined the goalpost for yourself or you, you are having some difficulty or some discomfort stepping away from societal norms and owning the fact that you're veering off from what other people are doing, how like social media could absolutely be a distraction. And when that does happen, I love to see a good reset. Like, I love to see some time away to deep dive into who you are and your feelings and those check-ins with yourself because you always come out a better person. It's like Lent or fasting or any type of, you know, religious time and test where you separate yourself from the things of the world to really check in with yourself and see what you want and then how to get it. So I think that I'm excited for everything that comes with creating the life you want to live and actually making sure that your actions are intentional in creating that life. And I think that the living list is absolutely the perfect way to explore and then to remain accountable to what it is you want your life to look, feel, and be.
1: Yeah, that's the that's what I love most about this journey, because um, the living list is really not about us doing things that necessarily make sense with a dollar amount or an actual goal. You know, Brittany went to a stripping class. She learned how to be a stripper. Is she going to be a stripper? No, I take dance classes. I have do a music video on my living list. I'm asking on dates. Does that is that something I need to do? But it's not necessarily, but it's what I need to explore more of me and live more of my life. So, you know, it doesn't have to have, you know, anything to do with work. It doesn't have to have anything to do with your kids. It doesn't have to have anything to do with your husband or your partner. It has to do with whatever your heart desires. And I think that's the most important thing for us to remember. um, As we go through this journey, it's, it's, what we want and you know uh, i'm excited to continue it do you know um we didn't pull our living list you know that right <laughs>
0: i feel like now's the perfect time to do it i was just about to say that
1: okay so you have your list all written out but where is the plan One, two, three, four. take a task at random and,
0: of course, the
1: is your- and we execute with intention you down i'm down Yeah. Whoa, we um we get caught up. We will be in this conversation and we and we forget to pull our living list. So let's do it.
0: Do you want me to pull for you first?
1: Yes, perfection. So I
0: can go ahead and pull up my doc. So continuing this conversation of exploration on this week's And Down Challenge. Ariel, will have to make a family tree. Oh, that's cute. I love it. Um, I
1: love it. I just, I just, I love, I love the, uh, I love this, actually. Um, I got to decide what side of the family I wanted to do, because, you know, paternal and maternal sides.
0: You put them um, all on
1: the tree. So I gotta do, I gotta find everybody. I mean, whoever you got. Yeah. <laughs> so um, oh, I wonder if I could do this. So, so my dad, he um, so my last name is more for those who don't know. And Ariel Dante, Dante is my middle name, but more is my last name. But I Ariel Dante is like more, I feel like Dante is really my last name because my last name that I have is not really my last name. It's my uh, dad's stepfather's last name. So if someone, if I meet someone who's a Moore, I'm not really blood related to any of the Moors. And I love my grandfather, um, but I'm not blood related to the last name Moore. And I feel like that's weird to walk around with a last name that you're literally not related to. So um, my dad, when he he hasn't seen his real father, my real name is supposed to be Gonzalez. And he hasn't seen his real father since he was eight years old. And he's always wanted to find him. He did his ancestry.com thing. Um, and he took, you know, he has his little thing. But, and he sees some of his like family members that live in the area that I live in that are not, that he's never spoken to before. And me and my brother are like, there's your family members. Why don't you like, there are people whose DNA like matches his and have the same last name and everything. And, I'm like, why don't you call somebody? So my mom says you should help him with that. So maybe as part of that, maybe I'll try to like at least make one of those phone calls to make that link. Because literally there's out of the, you know, the one fourth of whatever is going on with me, I don't know anything about my dad's dad's side. So... Um, That would be interesting to kind of like figure that out and do a little family tree. I know I have some really interesting things on my um, mom's mom's side. So I'm excited to kind of discover some things about the family.
0: Love it. All
1: right. Let me see what I got for Brittany. What is Brittany Sierra doing on her living list? All right. Do a songwriting class.
0: Love it. That's so fun. I'm down. I will absolutely do that. I always wanted to be a songwriter. So when I was younger, I used to write stories and scripts and screenplays as I got older. And I always wanted to write a song because I love music. And some of my favorite artists are actually songwriters. So um, I think I will do this. I need to figure out what what I'm gonna tap into. This is gonna be so good and it's definitely going to be something that I enjoy for the week that's not related to making money or my career I think it's so important for people to explore life outside of monetization so I'm excited I will let you all know next week how that progress went how I came about it if I had a songwriting partner if I visited something from fifth grade find out more on the living list next week
1: love it wait can you write us a living list theme song not like this week but like maybe one day
0: I think before for our next season we'll have a theme song an intro song that I'll write I would love that
1: I love that check it out check it out
0: I love it it. to the list
1: perfect so I'm down um we'll come back next week and if you guys are listening for the first time you are not late to the party you can join at any time all you have to do is think about what you want in your life and write it down. And the list will pull every week. So you should break your list down into long-term goals and short-term goals. And your, our i down challenges are our short-term goals, things we can do and accomplish in a week. Even though I'm the co-host of the show, my list will have, you know, run a triathlon and, and fly around the world in a week. So I have to get better at it. But as you go through the list, you'll figure out what things you can accomplish in a week. And it just keeps you accountable. It's so fun to do with friends. We love, um, getting things from you guys on social media. So, um, definitely tag us at living list life. Um, we're now on TikTok. uh, the living list on TikTok. So we're, you know, we're trying to grow and expand and really make a community. So definitely join us as we take this journey.
0: Thanks for being a part of our awesome Living List community. we really enjoyed talking about breaking down societal norms with you, running down our week, Ariel's mice fiasco, and also just building a strong group of accountability partners willing to do life with us. If you want to keep in touch don't just listen. You can watch us on social media at Living List Life. Send us a DM. Show us your Living List challenges and your i and down jars. And we'll talk to you next week. This is another episode of The Living List with Brittany Sierra and my co-host, Ariel Danse. Bye. Bye.